Hey everyone, welcome to A Quick Shot of Romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this quick shot of romance is Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, it's been a hot minute since we've done a quick shot together. I know. Um, I'm super, super excited yeah, to talk about this book are. with you. It's it's a delightful, delightful piece of literature. Um, so on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we're reviewing Scandals of the Father by Zoe Blake. This is book one in the Cavalry Billionaire Legacy. And I am sure I said that wrong. Do not come at me. Words are hard but, for me. But Zoe, if you would send us a phonetical pronunciation of the name, we would appreciate it. Okay, so you guys will be able to find the synopsis of this book over on our on-the-shelf show notes. We are not wasting time reading this because I need to talk about my new friend Zoe Blake and my yeah. obsession with her and why I had to read this book. Okay, but let's give the, the good. So it released, it actually released March 31st. So we are recording this prior to release day because Becky and I both were delightful, delighted enough to get arcs of this book. So there's Foodie, Age Gap, Alpha Hole, Antihero, there's Impact Play, He's a Billionaire, A Boss, Close Proximity, Dark, Dirty Talker, Dubcon, more non-con than Dubcon, but whatever, Family Series, Forbidden, Instant Attraction, there's lots of kink, Opposites, Possessive Alpha Hero, you're just naming all the tropes tonight. I know, right? Protector, Second Chance at Love, for him, Single Dad, he is a stern brunch daddy, for sure, and it is a little bit taboo. That's a whole lot taboo. <laughs> The whole lot taboo, but like we said, it's the Cavalry Billionaire Legacy. Again, we don't know if we're pronouncing that correctly, but we're just going for it. And we are assuming, since it is book one, but the way that the book ends, it is going to be an interconnected standalone. And the put out percentage is 18%. Hot damn. But also, we are, we're warning you that if consent is a trigger for you, this may not be the book for you. Yeah, yeah. Consent does not really happen until like... 82 percent into the book <laughs> yeah and it is but a dark romance with mafia vibes with mafia vibes but it's not mafia like i was really i really like this because a lot of times it's easy to be like dark romance mafia this is dark romance that is not mafia not no. serial killer no. um it's really intriguing and i would even say if you like the early work of uh Laurelyn Page, mm -hmm. this Zoe Blake has tons of those kinds of vibes. Yeah, I can. De yeah, it definitely does it because it has that like. Well, he's the antihero, and he has those like dark elements to him. But he isn't. He is inherently a good person. Like he's a great father, a brilliant businessman. Like he has those really soft moments, but he is very touch her and die. Like I will cut you. Like. He beats somebody up because they touched her, not in the best way. So the the dude deserved it, but like honestly, like Barone is delightful. Yes, and I would absolutely say that this book has primal kink, which is something um, you don't often see. But Zoe Blake writes a lot of primal kink, mm -hmm. and when That's I say, say primal kink, I am talking cat and mouse type yeah. situation like the chase the hunt um was this your first zoe blake this was my 
this was my first Zoe Blake. Like you have been talking about it since you've been in your dark era. And it's one of those books, like one of those authors that like I wrote down, but I hadn't <laughs> dipped my toe into, but you could not stop talking about Daddy Barone. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to sign up for the cover. Arc. And this cover is wonderful and hot and hello silver fox i mean and i'm in my daddy era so in your daddy era and i love a daddy so it kind of worked out like i kind of just i needed to dip (laughs) my toe into this and it was it was good she writes an exceptionally strong story like there is a lot going on but there is never there was never a moment and it's not a short book like it's like 300 and some pages but there was never a moment in this book where I was like, I want to skim this chapter. There was never a moment where I was like, oh, I didn't need that piece of it. You are reading e- every word and every line and encapsulating yeah. every moment as you devour this book. Well, and it's it's dual first person point of view, which I really enjoy. Like, I like a third person book, but like there's just something about dual first per- person when an author has a knack for writing it that really pulls you into the story. Now there is a chapter from Amara's best friend that kind of introduces, um, it makes sense. It's not just like put in there for the heck of it. Like it makes sense the yeah, way her that best it friend's is name is Melina. Yes. And her hero is going to be <laughs> one of Barone's sons. And so you get a little bit of a teaser into their book but the way that that chapter is dropped in it works really really well and that's something that I thought was interesting too because I know a few authors that do that and it doesn't always work but this works it was and I wasn't mad and it really really made me want to like kind of upset the book too is not out yet so one of the things I want to say is you know, this episode is going to drop in April. And we have for the first half for the first quarter of the year, we did a lot of new to you authors challenging everybody to read new to them authors. As we go into April and May, we're going to start talking about authors we think deserve more hype that Mm -hmm. are writing trendy tropes, but nobody's talking about their books. Yeah. Um, and this book in particular is one that I think blows any other age gap daddy kink book out of the water. And I think the setup of this book is so beautiful. And I want to talk about this. It takes place in Italy, which we it don't does. always get. We don't. Well, and she throws Italian in there, but she doesn't give you the translation, which I really enjoy. Like she kind of does, but kind of doesn't. So it's like, you're like, what the fuck are they saying? Context clues. Um, yeah. It's a small village in the mountain. The Cavallari family owns the winery that supports the village. Well, they own most of the town as they well. They own most of the town as well. And they are the billionaires that live in the estate up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And down in the village, this is where Amara lives. Yeah. And Amara doesn't just live in the village. She lives on the outskirts of the village. She, Her mother has died. Her father left her mother when she was a young child, if she even mm-hmm. knew who her father was. She did. He left. Because I remember her talking about like him leaving and then her mother like picking really not good partners after that. And as her mother has died when she was like 12 or 13, she's left mm-hmm. in the care of her stepfather and stepbrother. Yes. Who are 
horrible human beings. <clears throat> they are, but they get what's coming to them. They they do. Daddy B takes care of them. Uh-huh. Um, and I wasn't sad about any of that. <laughs> no, I wasn't sad about any of that either. Well, and he actually gets really mad at himself because something happens and she well, and she runs away because as one does in this whole primal like cat and mouse game. And then but he was really mad that like he allowed it to happen. That like he allowed her to run because he was basically was gonna lock her in her room and not let her go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And Amara is not the the moment that they make eye contact like on page two of the book, uh-huh. there is instant sparks and instant chemistry. And we do say that consent is not really there. It's kind of, you know, liquid. It's just fluid. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't hold ground. <laughs> it doesn't. But it in in the nature of this. But she's book, attracted to him. It, and it works like she's very attracted to him like but her big hang up is the fact that she is young they live in completely different lifestyles well she's and worried like, about being <clears throat> subject a kept woman to too. the village gossip and that's and the reputation thing. Like the, in the village itself like it is full of gossip like there are rumors because his wife passed away when like the, his boy because he has two sons who are amara's age and his wife passed away when they were younger. There's a lot of rumors about her death. And you don't really find out the truth of that until later. And then there's rumors about like his kinks in general. And so like that's part of it too, is she doesn't want to be another piece of this rumor mill. But the the division of the class is like such a big part of it because he at one point he's like you're going to live here. I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to, I'm going to use you as I want. And she's like, no, no, I will not be like your kept mistress. Like I have worth and value and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be your whore. Well, and he makes a mistake. He starts, he rips her panties in the beginning of the book. Yeah. And <laughs> she's tore her stockings when she fell because she so the book opens that his son um enzo is yeah. getting married and amara is a cater waiter at the event yeah and she's passing the wine around the event and um and she's eavesdrops on she gets caught eavesdropping drops a tray of glasses breaks them <laughs> and cuts her system like to try and clean it up but cuts herself and right. it just it kind of goes downhill from there but he gives her like a stack of money yeah to, to take care of things and she does not like that and but that's one thing i really like about this story too is like she is not a like she's a little naive in the sense that like she is younger and like she has but she's not naive in the sense so like she isn't aware of things she's naive in the sense of like she hasn't really been able to live her life like she's stuck in a sense like she's one of the poor people of the town and so but she's not some simpering idiot like she holds her ground she knows her worth like she makes him hire her for a job well she she is a boss bitch at her job she is getting her she's graduating from college or getting a certificate in business administration in accounting um 
in bookkeeping work. So she yeah. has skill. And coming off for myself, having recently read another big age gap romance. Right. Where the character was super flat. Yeah. Like was just a, what I would call a now girl that didn't really have any weight or mm -hmm. solids to her person. You then get this, you get Amara, who's this complex, thoughtful young woman who doesn't read wrong, young, reads age appropriate. Yeah. Is, <clears throat> has self-awareness that we, sometimes in age gap books, we don't always get heroines with self-awareness. She right. has self-awareness. She also is aware of the people in the world around her and how she presents herself. And so that was the great thing in this book is he's like you said, I'm going to keep you. Yeah. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to hire me. Yeah. Well, and also, and that's the big thing too. Like she knows, like she's like, I am capable of doing this job. And like after, I'm going to spoil just a little bit here, but after she hires him, like, or he hires her, he basically says she's turning this like multi-million dollar business into a money-making machine because she is updating. She is proving that like hiring her was valid. Like she is working her butt off in that position because she wants more for herself. Well, she also tells him that once <clears throat> she becomes employee. Oh, they're done. They're done. Also, done. I will say, Zoe Blake, if you're listening to this, other friends, soap is not a lubricant. <laughs> Be kind. Looked it up. Use a plug. <laughs> and some lube. Find the lube. You can order it in barrel size. Yes. Um, okay. Because. you looked it up. She's had some reservations about some books and was curious. Soap is not a lube. Not for your butt. <laughs> it cleans your butt. It does not go in your butt. Well, apparently um, in this book it does. But anyway. I you have, have to, to give you the PSA. To, you do, but you also have to suspend reality a little bit. Because again, this is one of those questions of is this a red flag in life? And it's one of those, it's not a red flag in our romance, but it is a red flag in life. So let's talk about Barone's sister-in-law. It is his dead her. wife. It's her younger sister who yeah. lives at the mansion and who Barone asks to take Amara to shopping. Rome shopping mm -hmm. so she can have a professional yeah. status wardrobe. And I really enjoyed the sister-in-law. The sister-in-law is phenomenal. Amara mm -hmm. goes on the shopping spree and doesn't realize that the sister-in-law is buying out every store in her size. Well, um, and I think it was so funny, too, where she's like, I will dress you in Gucci, but we will go to Versace and whatever. And they will see that you are in Gucci and be like, we need to change that. And they will give it all to you. Yeah. But then <clears throat> once all the clothes come back to the um the manor to the manor she wears the plainest pencil three, skirt three outfits she wears three outfits on rotation and he's really pissed about it <laughs> he gets real mad about it well and it's one of those but is it gabriella or gabrielle gabrielle it's, i think i don't know my geek but she's one of those characters when you first like hear about her like you don't know like if she's going to be this like conniving bitch, but she turns out to be like this really like good 
ally for Amara to have. And like, she even tells Amara, like at one point, like, you need to realize like there are feelings there. And she said, Amara's like, no, there's not. Well, I have to laugh when, so in the beginning of the book, when Amara leaves the reception and goes home, it's like two or three days later, Mm -hmm. he has sent a gift and it's caused. she's. Oh, she's ignored them all too. She's caused his, her father, well, she didn't cause it, but because of her gifts, her father and her stepbrother attack her Mm-hmm. telling her that she's a whore and yeah. a prostitute and all these evil things. And and they beat her up. And when Barone finds out, because the police officer says, hey, they're back in town, the town sheriff's like, they're back in town, you need to go. Yeah. It basically, he looks at his sons and is like, we ride. <laughs> and they get and they on do. motorcycles. And they, they do. go. Like, he loses his shit a little bit, though. But it was like knights. Like, if you're reading historical romance, it was like knights getting on their horses with their swords. On their However, steeds. These were motorcycles and guns. Yeah. And well, was... and it was funny because, like, they called him, like, they called Enzo and was like, have him meet us there. Like, there was no even question. Like, yeah. it, it was like, and he, like, tosses the keys to him. Like, yeah. you just. It was so it was. great. It was so great. But the the sister-in-law is staying with Amara while the doctor is tending her. And she's like, you know, she tells Barone, it's okay to love her. It's okay yeah. to have these connections. <clears throat> like, gives her permission for him to open himself up to a relationship. And I just thought mm-hmm. that was, like, really this phenomenal relationship. And she's a hoot. She is. Well, and there's this one dinner scene that occurs and Amara is actually really upset because the sister-in-law is not there as like a buffer in that whole dinner scene. With Enzo's current wife. Yes. We won't even talk about her. You just have to read about what kind of a trollop she is. But like that whole scene and Amara's like her like biggest ally of like female, like because her best friend was not there because she hates the one brother, Cesar. And there's reasons we don't know reasons yet, but like we find out in book two, which isn't out yet. But I thought that was really dynamic that like she can have such a good relationship with his his deceased wife's sister because like the sister like is she really wants him to be happy and have that second chance at life and at love. So we talked about this fuck <clears throat> fuck Jesus Joseph and Mary. We talked about this book being a foodie romance book yeah i read this book and i wanted cafe lugo and i wanted cornetti's and i am trying to talk the husband into making cornetti's which are italian croissants it's basically a laminated brioche dough oh i know it sounds really she eats them every morning with plum jam that his chef and housekeeper makes for her Well, and that's one thing too like food was like a love language for both of them they cooked dinner together they cooked dinner together like that was one of the times that like they weren't fighting they weren't they actually had conversation but it there was like this focus on it like those the times they were eating or cooking together were their calm moments and it was like those little pieces of it culminated like their relationship but i also think it shows the family connection that food can have because Mm -hmm. when she's gone back to her mother's cottage her stepfather and stepbrother have come in and destroyed 
things and broken things. And she starts pointing out things that, you know, that was the counter I was supposed to make these raviolis with my children. That was was the the pasta pasta press. And I I honestly I teared up a little bit at that point. I did too. No, I did too. Like there was such great emotion, but I'm telling you right now, I was hungry in this book. <laughs> um, last piece, and then we'll be done. But I just want to give Melina and Cesar, yeah. who are going to be book two. There is a really hilarious scene where Barone and Cesar have moved Amara and Mel- and. Melina into the cottage on the estate grounds. And yeah, and neither one of the girls are happy about this. They do not want to be there. They are pissed about being there. Melina had her own apartment above the shop she worked at. She goes, tries to go to work. She's told she she doesn't have a job. She was told she was fired and then she gets locked out. None of her stuff is there. All of her stuff is moved and her car is no longer her car. Right. And Barone shows up at the cottage every morning to get Amara to take her back mm-hmm. to the estate to work because she won't drive the car he bought her and she won't accept a ride from his chauffeur. But he refuses to let her walk. And Yeah, it's less than a kilometer. He refuses to let her walk because, you know, he has to protect her. Touch her and die kind of vibes there, guys. Yeah. Um, but... He hands a set of keys for a red Fiat, which is Melina's dream car. He hands keys to her and says, here, this is from Cesar. And she says, watch out. I have a car to key. And there's a part later in the book when it's almost over because Cesar has gone to London on business. Yeah. And he comes back and Barone says to him, I take it you haven't seen your car. And he was like, what did he even say? He said something. Like, God damn it or something. And then he's like, I'm not even surprised. Like, but like their story, like it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. I'm really excited about their story. And that's one of those things too. Like this, this is a standalone, like there's some overarching elements that like, you know, we're going to carry on, but, but you believe in this couple at the end of the book. Yeah. I absolutely do believe Barone and Amora are HEA together forever mm-hmm. we will see them trinkled into the other stories uh enzo is book three remember he's married in book one yeah but and i went and i looked and on amazon she has it as a three book series yeah but there's this nephew mateo that i have well, questions about i have questions and i would like gabriella to have a story because the driver they had a little like flirtation there well i wonder if that'll just be kind of a quiet side who just knows? give me a novella. A little novella. Give me a novella. Perhaps. Maybe no t- Mateo can have a novella yeah, too. Which maybe. We would no, be Mateo okay needs that. his own book because he is flirting with these girls and driving everybody bonkers. That's true. Yeah. Because when Cesar comes back and they're at like this event, Mateo is like flirting with Milana and Cesar like he loses his shit. And Mateo's like, I didn't realize it was like that. He's like, it is. It is. Like, he's really grouchy anyway. He has touch her and die vibes as well. Anyway, um, Leah, thank you for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Of course. This was a delightful read. And I'm so happy that I finally read Zoe Blake. Yep. Um, Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. 
you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.